Google is an algorithm, yes, it's a robot, but realistically, Google is still influenced by user like fractions. So people, it's still driven by what do people like? And because Google Analytics is installed on every website across the globe. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, welcome. Today we are going to discuss about marketing strategy. It's very important to have the right strategy. From my experience, many companies ignore it just to implement generic strategies. It doesn't help. It's tough to get any results if you have no the right strategy. It's better to know your way and I'm so excited to discuss a lot more about that with Chris Hogan. How are you? Good, thanks Anatoly. Thanks for having me. Ah, big pleasure. Yeah, big pleasure that you can find time even at 5 a.m. in uh, Australia. That's cool. I love it. Yeah, so if I can give something back, I will at any time too, you know. Um, and. Uh, what I can see when people can find the time like this, they love what they do. So, Chris, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Uh, I guess, mate, um, firstly, I love waking up early. And, you know, you get the morning right. You own the morning, you own the day. And you, when you own the day, you own the week and, and rinse and repeat, right? So, discipline's super important to me. Mm -hmm. uh, as such is yeah marketing strategy and uh it's, i've been 25 years in in marketing now and um yeah i've learned a lot i, I didn't always believe in strategy i'll be honest mm -hmm. you know i was i was uh, i've been known to be very bullish and just want to get in there and get stuff done but since uh, becoming a strategist about seven years ago, I think, um, might be longer now. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I developed a methodology that really helps people understand the importance of strategy and it makes it a little bit simpler to implement so that you don't have to take months, for example, uh, to develop that strategy. You can, even if you spent 45 minutes scribbling on a piece of paper what it is you wanted to do that would actually be better than just going straight in and, and taking action nice well uh, let's talk more about your methodology i think it's important and uh, um, i see when companies implement a lot or uh, focus on various directions it's tough it's tough because uh, you can't be successful in many directions, at least if you have resources, if you have a huge team, probably you can. But uh, for me, it's better to become the best in something and then to extend with extra resources. So tell more about your methodology, why you created this methodology and uh, how it stands out from the rest that we know today. <laughs> yeah, so I created it because I was seeing that people were being very reactive with their marketing. So they would go, 
all of a sudden we've uh, seen a decline in sales or we've uh, created a product and now we need to market it. Um, and like both of those two things are just, uh, I guess, recipes for disaster. So let's look at the second one, for example, creating a product and then marketing it uh, is is very reactive and, and quite uh, back to front. So the best thing to do is to find a problem and work out how to solve it. And, and it's even better when it's a problem worth solving. For example, it does something really great for, you know, um, mankind at large, the planet or, or whatever that, you know, I guess social, um, responsibility or environment responsibility that comes with that product can be then you have created something that that i i think really resonates uh very well with markets especially nowadays mm -hmm. yeah and and then the methodology is called proactive so just in itself <laughs> It's, it's already describing that we, we need to be proactive. We need to think about what the market actually wants and and do our research around um, that market and develop the product around them. So that research component is often a, a massive mistake that organizations make. They mm -hmm. don't do enough research sometimes they actually have done years of research without, I guess, fully knowing it. Um, but the really successful ones do know it. And that is like a perfect example is Phil Knight from Nike. He was an athlete. Yeah. He understood, he understood the problem from the inside out. So he was part of the community that was experiencing the problems. And he therefore had done years of research, like experiential research with, you know, understanding the problems that the shoes were creating um, or that, you know, they just weren't, I don't know, springy enough, you know, whatever it was. Um, and so then he went and created a, a better shoe. Yeah. So, but that, you know, that creation that took a long time and there was lots of, uh, I guess, insights that he discovered along the way to further improve that product and, 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 uh, innovate and iterate. Yeah. Uh, I learned his story, you know, amazing because, uh, he was broken many times, you know, but what I like in him, uh, his energy. I think energy can beat everything. Energy can beat uh, skills, uh, experience, because the best marketers uh, usually test a lot, experiment, uh, and they try. Nobody knows what actually will work, but they try many things. And yeah, founder of Nike did it. He uh, searched for new, um, I don't know, new customers, new trades, uh, new production, so much time. 
and he had this energy he invested all his money you know <laughs> on this process but uh, i can't recommend this one i know from my personal experience when i was broke broken yeah i w- was bankrupt in 2008 i invested all my money uh, to financial company uh, success was good so but i didn't consider the world crisis yeah uh, i consider everything we had a lot of sales uh, big clients contracts but i didn't have experience uh, that this life is not predictable something can happen it happened and i was bankrupt in two months i lost uh, almost everything all my investments even worse i got this uh, huge debts i spent like five years to work hard to give them back you know but uh, i learned i learned from experience that it's better not to go all in <laughs> we don't know what can happen but uh, founder of nike yeah he he did it uh, he played on this uh, dangerous game and he won yeah love it his energy chris i want to ask about choosing the right channel because marketing is huge if you speak about marketing strategy i don't know digital marketing paid marketing organic reach various channels so tell how to find the right channel for specific company if we need to focus on specific channel we shouldn't in the beginning focus on the specific channel mm-hmm. we should this is 7-11-4 rule that you know it's going to take seven hours of of interaction sorry seven hours of of engagement 11 different interactions across four different channels before people will know you like you and trust you and that's the google zmot zero moments of truth study that was done many many years ago so in our experience that still applies for the at minimum should be where we're playing and those channels can be anything from you have your website, so your website's a channel, so you're actually playing in search, you know, um, organic and or paid. So there's there's two channels that you, that you could be playing with by having a website. Then you could be playing in Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. These are all the digital channels, right? But oftentimes we have to consider our audiences and we're likely to have multiple audiences. So in our methodology, we've, we've, uh, we've innovated and we've enhanced it to, to break down uh, very simply that under P, which equals purpose, we should have four pillars and they are, what are the four pillars that, that are going, that we need to market to in this year, whether it's calendar or financial. And because a year's broken up into four quarters, right? Then we have research. What is the four, I guess, key phrases that would do that we need to optimize for, or that we need to um, speak to our customers about, yeah, to educate or entertain them uh, on our product, or edutain, as as I like to use, and then oh what are the opportunities around that so therefore we might actually look at the channels you know we've seen that these these channels are where our audiences are hanging out um, because 
in the next one it's a is a for audience so proactive we're getting through pro the word proactive here a is audiences what are the four audiences well they would actually dictate well maybe they're an older audience that is uh, wealthy doesn't spend any time on social media plays golf drives boats horse riding all of those luxurious sort of activities when you've got all you know when you've got time on your hands mm -hmm. and and so therefore we might have to use different channels so we might actually have to use networking as a channel we might have to use golf as a channel we might actually need to sponsor golf clubs as in greens and things like that so buses you know we, i love buses i love bus advertising and mm -hmm. especially when you wrap a whole bus because you've got all sides working for you at once yeah and so um like when you're focusing on wealthy people they could, they'll be driving around yes they do drive themselves a lot of the time they're driving nice cars they love their cars you know so they could be sitting behind a bus and they could see that but you know that's that's not going to get you the business straight away that's just a little bit more awareness that's working on these seven hours you know slowly chipping away at these seven hours of of 11 different interactions before they know you like you trust you right so unless you have these multiple types of interactions it's much harder for people to feel like they can do business with you or even want to do business with you yeah awesome awesome love it love it uh chris i opened your linkedin profile and i want to confess i didn't read this book building brands on purpose <laughs> and let me explain why <laughs> uh, i have only 24 hours a day so i'm so picky with books that i want to read and i have a huge list of books great books many great books and i have no time to read all these books i want but i can't so i usually ask book offers to give me a solid reason to read uh, their books i spoke with many great book offers uh, a lot of valuable insights uh, so um, can you give me and to my audience a strong reason to read your book what kind of benefits we can get from your book and one more thing uh, about that uh, you know many business books are great for sleeping you know when you have problems with sleep you can take a new boring book to read it yeah it probably valuable but <laughs> who knows when you want to sleep you know uh, and uh, yeah tell about your writing style and benefits that we can get by reading your book well it's it's entirely possible my books could st still send someone to sleep <laughs> but um especially the beginning uh you know i tell my story and how and why i was writing the book and and so the proactive met marketing methodology is inside the book and is and is explained um i think quite well it was the the methodology did exist but it wasn't in its complete form as it is in the book so there that was the epiphany that came about when i i lost my purpose in life i was uh i was slightly depressed and 
then I just figured out, well, we've also, that's what's missing from our marketing methodology and that was purpose. And so hence why it's called building brands on purpose. I did, I, I did a lot of research during this time and, and then with my 20 years experience at the time, it was, it was like, oh, wow. Okay. I've really got something here. I was I'm very excited about it. Um, and I felt like this methodology was, you know, a 20th century methodology that for marketing, you know, for marketing in the, in the 2020s at the very least. Right. And, and so that is described in there and it does um, break down some, some tactics that can be used, but more importantly, some of the questions that I think you can ask yourself when you're wanting to implement a strategy or you're wanting to find your own personal purpose and then your brand's purpose. So that's what's in the book. And I think that it can be really, really helpful. I, I love that it is uh, doing a great service to the marketing industry because so many, I guess, newcomers to, to marketing, even if you're a, a CEO, you, you might not be, you know, of a, of a company and you've worked there for 10 years, you, you might not have any marketing experience, right? Yeah. So even it can even help CEOs, but m- more importantly, I think newcomers to marketing graduates, you know, I was a graduate in 1998 and I remember walking out into the world going, shit, I really know nothing. And, and it's these types of books that can really, I think, um, create a big shift because all of a sudden when you understand strategy and understand the, the reason why you need to implement this strategy in your marketing, then all of a sudden your mind opens up to a whole new realm of possibilities. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, and if I get the strategy right, then any tactic is, is possible. Yeah. And, you know, 25 years in marketing, there's been a lot of change, hasn't there? You know, like when I started, websites were still somewhat unknown. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Then, then, you know, all of the social medias didn't even exist yet. So that became a new thing. Um, you know, video only really became popular. What was it like five years ago? Like it was like a, a must. No, and, and live video, that only existed, you know, seven years ago. Um, so, you know, like... There's yeah. been a lot of things that have changed. And so your tactics have to constantly adapt with the times. But your strategy should remain relatively the same because it, it is, it is uh, I guess, it's the overarching, you know, uh, uh, rules that you're going to play by and then the the tactics you know of the how yeah mm. nice i think marketing is a quickly changing world so many things happen all the time and what i think i think the man who can sit in such environment with great nature 
with birds outside with a cat uh, inside <laughs> can't write a bad book you know <laughs> so i i can hear some sounds from birds from your cats I love it yeah i like nature i like urban places you know <laughs> because uh yeah you can breathe fresh air so yeah uh, i'm going to read your book uh, guys if you want to read this book you can find in the description below so i recommend to anyone i'm going to do it and uh, chris i want to ask about uh implementation uh okay if i create a great strategy but i don't know if it's great or not many things uh change all, all the time and sometimes when i think i'm good but uh implementation shows the wrong way and i often see it uh i can change my mind i can test something else i can go uh uh to another direction i think it's okay it's part of the job can you tell how to find it because sometimes we need to be patient with results not sometimes or often i don't know how to become an instagram star overnight it takes time to create content to uh build your audience it's the same with any channel including paid marketing i know some companies can lose 500k in paid marketing to get zero uh, leads you know it's terrible but uh, uh, i think uh, these companies uh, can change if something doesn't work if something is not good uh, we don't know what will work but tell for example if implementation is not going right what we plan what to do yeah all right so let me finish off the acronym so proactive purpose research, opportunity, audience, content, turn it on. So what, what channels you're going to turn it on in, uh, ignite how much you're going to ignite your content with like paid advertising. V is verification and validation and E is evolve. So the method, the methodology from the strategic strategic point of view is the, is very helpful, right? It's, but then when you implement you actually use the same methodology, right? Once you've done the pro part, you actually then go, okay, so I'm gonna focus here for the next three months. This is my first pillar. This is my first quarter of focus. Here's where we're gonna focus. And that is going to be directed at uh, this particular audience in this particular channel, or we actually don't know which channel they're on. We actually think there might be like, they're not just all sitting in a bucket, you know, in one channel. So we'll actually have to go, okay, um, we'll have to play across multiple channels to try and find this audience. And then we know they're there, uh, but then it's like repetition. Okay, the 7-Eleven four, you know, so they this audience happens to be in four different channels. We need to slowly whittle away at the seven hours, 11 different interactions. And, and 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 continually create content that appeals to them. Once you get down to the verification side of things, each and every month you have to verify uh, what's working and what isn't. And you need to look at uh, leading, leading and lagging indicators in your marketing. And it's made a lot easier in digital, especially if you understand the the rules that Google plays by in order to uh, give you better rankings. So 
Google is an algorithm. Yes, it's a robot, but realistically, Google is still influenced by user like interactions. So people, it's still driven by what do people like? And because Google Analytics is installed on every website across the globe, Google knows everything about everyone's website. And so they can ascertain, well, these people are coming for the first time, the second time, the third time. They're spending this much time on this page and this much time here. They're clicking through to multiple pages. This page on this particular website is actually quite beneficial to this audience. Let's give it a bit of a boost in ranking. So rankings, Google rankings is actually a perfect indicator that you are doing something right. But sometimes it's highly competitive. So therefore the keywords that you're going after might be super competitive. It'll take you years um, to even reach first page. So therefore we need to find our niche and what is that keyword or key phrase that is less competitive, but really close to what describes our product or our service and focus on that. When we start to see early stage results, and these are so granular, um, like time on site, how much time, like what's the average time on page? Yeah, what's that? Like, is it, um, and how many pages are people consuming? So. For example, you might have, uh, you know, a thousand or so people coming to your website and they, it might start off as, oh, users are consuming one page, you know, on average, but then as you send more traffic, those pages go from one, one to 1 1.4, et cetera, et cetera. And when you start to see, oh, they're consuming two pages, 2.4 pages, 2.8 pages, then you'll start to see this shift in oh we might we might not have reached first page yet but our google ranking has it climbed up slightly ah right now we're starting to get very early stage results it's like it's like the the plant is starting to grow but you just can't see it yet because it's still below the soil right it's still growing it's just below the soil so um there is comes a time when it you know pokes its head up above the soil and then all that could be your first sale or that could be oh we got to page one but we're you know we're hovering between 10 and 12. you know so these these little indicators these leading indicators you know um time on page and and ranking are super important to analyze at the verification phase and if you're not getting those then that's when you look at evolve and you go right what's working what isn't working what have we mm -hmm. done here uh is blogging still important to us well i would say yes it is in every case okay blogging is still very valuable you know we want a thousand words a page and sometimes we just can't do that sometimes we just can't put a thousand words on a page because far out if we did that it would just look terrible you know and people are very into aesthetics these days so we should write those thousand word pages in blogs now maybe the channel's not working what's happening here you know is the content we're putting out on this channel actually resonating with our audience no it's not it's the same stuff we're putting on instagram 
and that's a different audience. Um, so, okay, we need to start changing that up. Right, let's test that phase. Let's test that. And so let's create some content specifically for the Facebook audience. Okay, how are we going to figure out if this content is going to get cut through in the shortest possible time? We need people to engage with it. Okay, so let's not spend the huge amount of hours creating stupid amounts of content, but let's create the, some great content for that audience, put it on Facebook and pay to, to boost its reach. Yeah. Right? That's working smart, not hard. That's letting your money work for you. And so then you boost its reach, see if you get greater engagement, see if you get click-throughs to the website and, and then see if anything happens to your followers uh, or if there's any comments or likes and things like that and go, hmm, okay, and followers aren't really happening. Why aren't followers happening? Oh, look, that could have been the, the, the click strategy or the objective you put behind that particular ad. You were asking people to go to your website, not come and follow your page. Oh, okay, right, well, don't worry about that too much. And look, followers are often vanity metrics anyway. Yeah, nice. You know, so... That, that, I hope that explains it. Yeah, Chris, uh, I wanna ask more about ACO because you share a lot of insights that concerns ACO. It's a huge channel I use a lot. And um, I wanna ask about choosing the right keywords. Uh, I mean, like, for example, um, you mentioned that it's important to choose these keywords. And I see when companies do it wrong, for example, they choose high volume keywords uh, to compete with Wikipedia, big websites, uh, sometimes authority is high in many keywords, but it doesn't mean that I can sell by having these keywords. For example, if I take SEO, so I need to compete with Moz, with Neil Patel, with Google itself, with, with big websites that deserve these ranking positions, it's tough to overcome them, but it doesn't mean that I can sell SEO services. So if even if I have this keyword, uh, can you tell how to choose the right keywords? Uh, you mentioned that we need to choose a few keywords or I don't know, uh, small list of keywords, but uh, how do we know that these keywords will sell in the end? So there used to be a very a uh, rudimentary way of doing this and it took a long time and you had no tools really to help you um so i won't go through that but it is detailed in the book so um if if you don't want to spend money on on tools then there is ways uh to find out what are the right keywords and and uh which ones to focus on and how to do that now there's tools. Now there's amazing tools. And yes, some of them are um, can be quite expensive, but damn, the value that they provide. So Moz is one, moz.com. Uh, it used to be called SEO Moz back when I started using it uh, many years ago. And that particular tool helps you find keywords that people are searching for, tells you the search volume for those keywords, and then you can figure out uh, the competitiveness of those keywords and whether or not like how likely it is that if you start creating content for that for that keyword that you're going to get google rankings 
And so a lot of the tools do similar things. And sometimes I feel like they're just more intuitive than others, or they have other tools that, you know, you start here and then you just go to the next part and the next part and the next part. And my favorite one at the moment, SEMrush, um, it is just unbelievably powerful in, it, in its, I guess, its keyword research and how to, uh, and you can do that across um, different geographic markets as well. So when you have, when you're working with global companies, you need to be looking at, all right, how are we ranking in Australia or, or how competitive is this keyword in Australia? Um, what are the nuances for this, for this keyword in America? Oh, uh, for example, I, I do marketing for an ice bath company and ice baths are commonly used term in Australia, but in America it's cold plunge. So, you know, it's important to know these things. And then even in Europe, uh, winter swimming has become a, a popular term because uh, like certain scientists have, have popularized these terms. So you, in each market, you could have different nuances and SEMrush is very, very good at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I hope that helps. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I usually check traffic value then, uh, how much traffic I can get. Because once I spoke with a master who lost 400,000 traffic, a lot of traffic, you know, he spent so much resources to deserve this traffic. But when Google dropped his ranking positions, he didn't lose any sales. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I think uh, why you need to have this traffic if you can't sell. It's the same like uh, getting likes and comments, uh, shares on social media. If you can't sell, why you need to have all this views? At least if you are Mr. Beast, you know, and you get uh, 100 million views, you know, on your videos. <laughs> so then you can sell everything. <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, let's talk about mistakes. Um, I made a lot of mistakes in marketing. Uh, I keep doing them. I think it's part of the job to test, experiment, to fail. Uh, and when I start something new, I usually fail all the time without any exception. I started PR, I failed. Uh, I, I wrote a bunch of press releases, pitch all of them, uh, got zero mentions, links, nothing. But I learned how it works. I learned the process. Then I hired specialists who can write press releases i uh, hired specialists who can pitch them and today we got mentions on cnn bloomberg investing.com many big websites because we usually help uh, trading investing niches uh, to get ranking positions and uh, i want to ask about mistakes that people can learn before doing them i mean like okay some mistakes we need to do to learn from them but can you list mistakes that you see companies still do but can avoid Whew, I've made a lot of mistakes, mate, and um, I actually hoped at one time that I'd made them all and that I could just move on, but uh, it's definitely not true. Uh, I think it is important in any business to make make mistakes, and that is because you know you you you're crafting a sculpture here. You know you you Michelangelo crafting a sculpture and and. And so you could just got to keep on chipping away at the edges uh, until such time as you create the statue of David, you know, like, and that takes a bloody long time. So, uh, and markets shift too. So, 
you know, these are some mistakes that, that could occur. For example, you could be focusing in a specific market and all of a sudden that market is no longer there. Um, you talk about channels, you know, the mistake of not being across four different channels and focusing just on one is a huge one that I think people can avoid if they just focus, if they actually spread themselves across four different channels. Uh, building a database is super important, right? Because if you've, if you've, if you're relying on social media, which is a rented space, then, uh, you know, it's fraught with danger. We've seen, you know, pages that on Facebook just get closed down overnight and all of a sudden, you know, someone's market's completely gone. So these are some, some really important things that I think people need to um, understand. That is that they have to play across multiple channels and, um, and build a database and not just, it has to be, you know, a complete database. You should be able to reach your audience uh through multiple channels as well right you should be able to say okay it's not just emails it's not just mobiles it's addresses as well you know therefore i've got actually three opportunities to to reach these people it might be their linkedin handle too like their facebook handle right you know where they are so you can reach out to them if need be uh if per se one of your channels dies or even if your website dies how do you reach these people you know um having backups of your website is super important if you're if you're running any type of online operation you need to be able to uh be resilient if and when there is a hack or a ddos attack you should be able to in a day shut down set up on another system and go again you know these types of things um I, I think just valuable tactics that can be used um, to help keep businesses alive. Mm, One of, nice. But but the but the but the mistakes are going to be made. I, I I don't normally have to explain um, myself these days around the reasons why these mistakes occurred and and things like that. Um, but I do, I don't have to, but I do explain how we got to this point and this is what occurred. So we followed this strategy, we took, we followed this tactic and this is where we ended up and it didn't work out over three months. We've, we've tried, maybe, could, should we try for another three months? Maybe, maybe we should have, um, or, you know, sometimes we, for example, recently, um, started started marketing a new company google adwords was one of the channels that we you know were uh, ready to invest in and we did we we put in some efforts there and i could see very quickly that investing in google for this particular product that was very new uh to the market and a first of its kind just wasn't going to work because people weren't searching for it people weren't searching for it but we were, it was still costing us ad spend on Google. So it's like, well, um, if we're not actually getting any sales from it and it's costing us money, then is it, do we decide to say, yes, look, it's still valid because it's great 
market research or like for example we're actually getting an audience to our website and they are finding us right or do we turn that off and and go all in on another channel yeah so does that help yeah of course 100 percent yeah my wife is calling so <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I need to, yeah no worries yeah i need to deny <laughs> so it's podcast <laughs> uh yeah uh okay chris uh i wanna ask very important question for my audience um because i found that i have students who are looking for ways to learn from scratch to become an expert in one great great day I have business owners, uh, founders who want to learn the basic before cooperating with experts. So let's help both. And um, I'm interested. Let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. It's your first day in marketing. You still have uh a cat you have uh, these birds <laughs> kangaroo i don't know <laughs> other animals uh, in your environment but you have no experience you didn't write even one word for your book so it's your first day what will you do today if you started from scratch <laughs> okay um find the problem so get out in the real world pound the pavement and find out what problem exists for a specific market and then figure out whether or not they're willing to pay to fix that problem. So, I mean, going working for someone else is, is, is very, is, is often what you do if you've got no experience, right? Um, you know, you go and do, get a piece of paper that says that uh, you are a, a, you know, a graduate and all of a sudden you're an expert in a specific field, but um, you know, you're really not, but you've probably got some skills under your belt. Look, if, if none of that applies, then you've just got to do research. You've just got to do research. And I find that the best way to do research is actually getting out and meeting people and asking questions and being a really fantastic listener. Mm -hmm. Secondly, is spending a lot of time in those channels where that audience exists and trying to figure out who is creating the best content, who is implementing the best tactics and potentially even what audiences they're, they're actually targeting. Mm -hmm. And then you can try and figure out, well, how much they're spending. Um, I'm, there is an amazing tool on the internet and you think that I can think of its bloody name. It's really annoying me right now, but it's, it's created by Rand Fishkin. Do you know Rand? Yeah, of course. He spoke on this podcast. Yeah. So what's his tool? Spark Tora. Uh, Spark Tora, yeah. Oh, far out. Man, that tool is amazing uh like to actually understand an, an audience what they might be searching for and where they might be hanging out what a fantastic tool so that could be your first point of call honestly like um if you don't feel like getting off your bum and walking and actually pounding the pavement and going to networking groups and joining communities um 
then you know that's the digital way to do things right use spark Tora. but i still think that the real world integration of yourself into an environment is is invaluable the things that you find out about people and their problems you know um joining joining members like membership groups um for example i'm a I'm a committee member for the Australian Institute of Company Directors here on the Gold Coast. And so when I'm part of that group and I'm in that environment, I start to understand the problems that those directors of massive companies are having. And I, and I like to ask them questions so I can interview them without getting them on a podcast, um, five, five minute quick interviews. And that's basically the, the, the perfect environment to do so. And you start to understand people's problems and whether or not you can create a solution for them. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Valuable. Chris, I have my final question about the future. Um, I have my crystal balls, but it didn't work. I don't know why I ask a few times about the crypto price but <laughs> when i felt crypto will go down it went up and vice versa so <laughs> i don't believe uh, on this crystal ball but uh, i want to ask you probably you have much better crystal ball and let us know what kind of future will be because we have ai today apple is going to launch augmented reality many things are happening fast technologies are growing fast so your input about the future what do you think <laughs> Mate, technology's always been growing very fast, but the actual implementation and the uptake has actually been quite slow. If you look back, just in the, my 25 years, I remember VR was going to take over 25 years ago. Um, and it still hasn't taken yeah. over. Like we've seen the you know, invention of the metaverse, um, and we've seen movies like Ready Player One come out to tell us that that's exactly what how we're going to be spending our time living in a steel container, um, and and then spending our days in a virtual world. It's entirely possible that these things could play a part in our life, and they are playing a part in, in some people's lives. But I think it's just important to experience as many of these things as possible because you're right no one has a crystal crystal ball and have a very open mind about these things so ai at the moment is is considered a very good intern yeah very helpful in helping you to create some content for your social media for your blogs for your website albeit it's still not perfect and uh, it, it certainly is uh still rather robotic that being said will it get better yes so when it gets better what's going to happen then well we'll have more time to do something else yeah yeah and um and then and then we'll just end up spending you know more time i've got this stupid line on my face i'm trying to avoid shadow. <laughs> um then we'll spend more time you know doing something else look at that that's ridiculous Ah, no go. worries. It's okay. audio podcast, <laughs> so people will okay. listen. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. So I think that 
AI is obviously the next big thing or is already a big thing. And all it will do is make us better marketers if we use it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Chris, it's a big pleasure to get in my show to learn from you. I am going to read your book. I recommend to anyone who listens to this episode, you can see a lot of valuable insights. So you can learn more about Chris by reading his book, by listening to his podcast, by following him on social media. So tell which way the best, I mean, the best way to follow you, where you are active to share new valuable insights. Uh, look, I, I have been very quiet this last year, uh, mainly because uh, it's been busy in the agency and I didn't have time to uh, for our agency to create our own content as well. So mm-hmm. uh, 2024 is going to be different. I will be doing a lot more podcasting and um, setting myself some pretty hairy, audacious goals there. Reading Building Brands on Purpose, I think, is a great place for CEOs and, and marketing people to start. It does give some general knowledge about, you know, marketing and all the different channels and how they intersect and interact with each other. So I would encourage people to read that. I haven't created the audio book version. Um, I think that will come probably later next year or maybe uh, 2025. That because uh, there's been some developments and iterations of the of the of the proactive marketing methodology that have that have i think uh been very important and make it even easier for people to develop their strategies so uh where am i going to be most active <laughs> linkedin is by far and away i think one of those platforms that i have the biggest audience and so i will focus there and, and it lends itself very well to all of the video content that i'll create and then yeah the proactive podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, um, and Instagram. If you care about all the other silly crap that I, I like to talk about, like um, like eating, you know, basically eating cleaner and and following a plant based diet and improving your gut health and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> nice, nice, love it, love it. Uh, thank you, Chris. A big pleasure that you found this time in the morning that I can listen to your birds, I can listen to you, I can learn a lot more. I think my audience can do as well. Uh, guys, if you want to connect with Chris, you can find links in the description below. <laughs> you can uh, connect with his cat, you know, <laughs> to read his book, <laughs> to get a lot more insights. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, and uh, thanks a lot for listening and watching us. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.